and died many, many, many yeah. times. And, and then I Scott think- was like, oh, you were on the last level. So he starts the whole <laughs> game over and then plays it through the whole demo. And he's like, I'm good at this. I'm pretty good at this. Rated NAV podcast for the website nerdappropriate.com. This is a very special episode because we are uh, having an intervention with Scott and his street pass <laughs> problem. My street pass habits. He uh, delayed this podcast by 10 minutes so that he could sit and just street pass. I'm just trying to buy time for Kate Dollarhide. She's running late. Yeah. So Kate Dollarhide will be here in a minute. But you've just got <laughs> Ash, or you don't have Ash. Why do I keep putting him <laughs> in this podcast? I know. You, He's you, here, actually. He's very close to us right you, now. You referred to me as him the well, other day. We all have dreams. Uh, uh, he's close. He's close by. He's like around around the old corner. Maybe right his now. presence will be felt by our listeners. It might happen. Yeah, he might show up. We invited him. See if he wants to be part of this thing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's gonna he hate me when he listens. To I that. think yeah. So you uh, guys are the worst. Yeah. So this is day three. It's our last day. Um, I'm tired. <laughs> if you yeah. can't hear it in my voice. We're talking quiet because we're just like in the lobby of the Sheridan because yeah. we lost our hotel room. I'm not. I'm not so tired. I'm. I'm not mentally tired. I'm more like physically tired. I stayed up too late last night, just like tweet rambling for no reason yeah. whatsoever. Okay. And then uh, I have to get. I'm dreading that I'm going back to work, not at my house tomorrow. Back to work. So I'm. Uh, I'm a little. Uh, a little dragged out, I guess is what yeah. you would call it, but. Um, that shouldn't delay what we got to do this morning because it was really awesome. We got to play Guitar Hero. Yeah, the new one. Yeah, that was really exciting. Um, I think going into Guitar Hero, I was not like super. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, like I, I guess I didn't know what to think because it's so different than what we have experienced previously. Right. And I think after I was able to um, play the game and hear the presentation um, from the folks in the room, um, I... I'm like I'm on board. I totally get yeah, it. Um, yeah, I see the vision. I played it briefly at Comic Con, and uh, it was okay, but I didn't really get too much in depth. All I basically got was like the new controller layout, which is it's got three buttons instead of five, mm-hmm. and then it's stacked. So there's actually six buttons total, but they're stacked three on three. It's much easier to play, um, but adds like a new level of difficulty as far as your brain needs to toggle between up and down as well as left and right. And then there's a lot of like weird chord formations that happen as you go up in in, in uh, difficulty levels. Yeah, for me, the the biggest hurdle I have to get over mentally is that for some reason, I think that I transpose the the colors in my head. Right. So even though the the fret highway is double encoded with a color and a direction. Yeah. Um, I still think actually wasn't there's no oh the color. Yeah, like so. I think the like because the the buttons are the, yeah, and then encoded. you mean like it was looked it looked like it was up or down, and then it was either white or black. Yeah, like so. In my head, I always thought for some reason that the that the white button should be closer to me. Right, I know that was weird to me because it's like I, in my mind, it's like I'm looking down at a keyboard, right? So yeah. I expect the white keys to be like visually in front of me. Oh, that's not why I did it. Which would yeah. be the top, and then the the black keys would be like. The, the piano Mine keys is that the away. picks that they use are like reversed for me. My brain puts them yeah. in the opposite place. Yeah. Oh, hey. cool. Special guest Kate Dollarhide has just entered the She's walking l- entered up. the hallway. 
We're going to narrate her walking. I'm so She's excited. She's almost here. She's placing her bag and her camera on the ground. Oh, my goodness. She's sitting down. Hi, guys. Hey. hey. We played Guitar Hero. Right. There's two rows of buttons. There's a mode where you can play for a live audience. Right. Which is super cool. And they react to the way that you yeah, play. Yeah, so you're not facing the band anymore. You're facing... <laughs> oh, boy. This is going to get real weird. You're facing out to the audience. It feels like you're kind of playing with the band and playing for the audience, which is their point. And, and it works to, to a large degree. And it is all FMV. Yeah. It's all real people. <laughs> it is weird and awkward. Uh, the they said they're gonna they're going to launch with like a hundred songs, I think, or right around a hundred songs. It seemed like there were a lot. It was a lot of yeah. songs. And then what really caught us off guard and what really was cool, we will explain again since you didn't hear this a minute or ago the, or the first time, uh, is um, what's called Guitar Hero TV. TV because the whole game is called Guitar, Guitar Hero, Hero Live. Live. Yes. Uh, Guitar Hero TV is a streaming video service, essentially, where they're just playing music videos. And you can drop in, drop out, play with these songs. You can actually go back and uh, pull from the catalog. So you can play, like, on demand as well. Hey, do you remember the jukebox, that TV, that <laughs> oh TV channel? We're not recreating the whole Where you would call in to get the song that you want to play? That was really, uh, kind of reminds me of that a little bit. We haven't done that in a long time. I'm really glad yeah. I caught it. Uh, so you remember that, right? Where you call, I do. Yes. they play the song, you pay money, yeah. they play the song, the music video you want to hear. Do. Cool, just like that. Okay, in the game. Good. And then uh, uh, you could play on demand. And the whole point of the TV mode was that you are actually playing in real time against other people. So other people are also watching that streaming channel and playing along with it, and you get you get grouped, you get kind of play matched it's with like about ten yeah, players based on your skill based on your skill and then you'll kind of do better or worse based on how you're doing against them and then the better you do and the higher difficulty you're doing you get xp and you you earn in-game credits to buy songs and buy customizations to your fretboard and all that kind of stuff yeah Uh, and then the other piece to it was a, a premium piece where they were doing the one they showed us was this metal band called i don't remember i don't remember band and but uh, it, they they basically made a live um, DVD live performance DVD of a concert, and so they Guitar Hero put that concert into the game. Yeah, with the ability to play the songs. So you're actually while, playing along with a yeah. live version of this band. Yeah. So imagine yeah, it like was really cool. Imagine you know maybe there someday could be like a Foo Fighters like live DVD, and you could just play the whole concert or like, any band that you might like. Well, I like the a, Foo as Fighters. A person. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm just saying the colloquial. Imagine, imagine uh, that, the royal we, if you yeah, will. The royal we. Imagine uh, that metric put a. You don't like. There you, you go. Don't like metric. What? No. I like metric. Yeah, this came up on an earlier podcast. Told it, you said don't don't tell me what kind of music I like. Oh right, but I like metric. Okay, so imagine it's metric then. Like metric for you probably. Okay, whatever. <laughs> so it's it looks really good. It does. It looks really cool, and, and it, it it was really fun. They've just basically differentiated themselves from rock band. Um, which I think is I'm good. At, I think I'm at the point now where I could probably sustain playing both games. You know. What's happening right now? I'm making now? room so I can hand-keep the <laughs> microphone when we, when we start to talk to her. Because I realized it was going to get wrapped around the bag and everything, right? So that was Rock Band. I mean, that was Guitar Hero Live, oh, rather. See. It was not Rock Band. Scott played Rock Band later. Yeah, I did. Uh, but, Kate, you're here. Hi. We didn't actually introduce you this time because last time when we did, we weren't recording. That's great. But you've been here the whole time. I have. I've been making faces while you've been talking about it's, And mouthing words as opposed hero? to saying them out loud. Yeah. Yes, mouthing words, saying, wow, amazing. Oh, my God. So you have not been on because we recorded like old men in our hotel room <laughs> at like, trying to get you at like to 8 p.m. <laughs> and you're like, no, I don't want to walk up the hill. <laughs> yeah, that was basically our conversation. <laughs> um. 
but uh, what have you been up to this con? Like, what have you? What kind of stuff have you been looking at? Um, let's see. I spent a lot of time in the indie mega booth on Friday and okay. a little bit today. Yeah. Um, I played a bunch of super interesting stuff. Cool. Um, so did you play that scary game that everybody's talking about? Story something. Oh, there was two. There was one called Story Something. Maybe that wasn't in any mega booth. Story Something. You can continue on. Okay. <laughs> well, um, yeah, so I wandered through the Indie Mega Booth. It is uh, outrageously good this year, yeah. I want to say. There's some super excellent stuff. You were um, at East, right? I was. Were you at Last Prime as well? Yes. I have a question about the Mega Booth because I said this to Scott, and it's still very good. The games are very good. But are you starting to feel like there's some like mainstays that are just there? A lot. And I'm not yes. sure if it's because I go to too many faxes. <laughs> it has <laughs> nothing to do with the mega booth, but just me being at it, you know, two, three times a year. No, I think you're right. Um, I was actually reflecting on this on Friday, and it seems like the indie mega booth is getting a little less indie and into that sort of nebulous space the between weird. AAA and like, indie. Like when indie music started getting picked up by labels yeah. and they were still indie bands, and then you're yeah. like, wait, is this an indie band anymore? What happened here? Exactly, just like that. Yeah. So, um because it is a little weird when like Xbox has sponsored half of the games that are in indie mega booth. You're like, and PS4 has sponsored the other half. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was pretty interesting. Um, let's see. I played Moon Hunters. I don't know if you're familiar with I that am one. Not. They did a Kickstarter for it. It's a um, four-player co-op. Cool. Uh, RPG type cool. of thing. Um, couch co-op or like couch co-op online. Oh, really? Screen. Um, very, awesome. Very fun. Uh, four different types of characters. Secret of Mana, kind of. Did you ever play Secret, Secret of Mana? Mana? Ah. But it's sort of running around a um, open zone, completing small quests, killing monsters, and going back to camp to level your character and awesome. continue the story. Um, it was super fun. I played with a couple of strangers, and we had a great time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the uh, full packs experience. Yes. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, I played the new Cappy Games game called Below. Yeah. Um, Did I you like it? That. I loved it. So I played it at Last Prime yeah, last me too. year. Or at East, I think I played it. Was it at East? I don't know. I, pl- I wasn't at Last Prime, so I'm not, not sure. recently. Yeah. Um, and I really liked it then, so I was hoping they would have it again this year mm-hmm. so that I could see sort of what they changed. Um, and it is a dungeon crawler explorer type of thing. Yeah. So you're yeah. an adventurer. You go into a mountain, and you're trying to, I guess, reach the bottom. It's not totally clear what your goal is, but you're looking at cool stuff, killing monsters. Yeah. Into that? Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. it's beautiful. Scott said he's into that. I'm into that. Confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was that was a joy to see. That's uh, cool. Did you look at anything in the booth? Uh, today, did I? Let me look uh, at the we, list. We, we did the booth. booth. The booth. The booth. We went to the booth. The Shia booth. We toured the booth briefly, and we played Tumblestone again. Old, which is old puzzle phase. Yeah, which is at this point we're like we're like we're like besties with that guy, Ty. <laughs> he actually remembered Scott. Scott yeah. walked up and he goes, Scott? And I was like yeah. you guys see each other once a year, maybe twice yeah, a year. Yeah, he made a really great game called The Bridge, which yeah. was a Steam we played game a long time and ago. is now on Xbox. But I think we played that at East like two Easts ago. Yeah, and I think I just picked it up just because of what it was potentially. Yeah. Um but he is making a new game called Tumblestone. It's which is sort Pokemon of a, Puzzle League. It's yeah, it's sort of like a uh, a, a take on the match three concept, um, where you're shooting at blocks from below, trying to match three in order to clear the board. Yeah. Um, since we've played the game last time, he's added a bunch of different modes to the game, which I thought was really cool. It's very couch co-op, so it's three like three or four player four, four players, players yeah. against each other. Um, 
one screen kind of thing. And, uh, you know, you're battling out to see who can clear the, the stage the quickest. I won. Scott did. Scott actually stopped winning because I said, man, give them a chance. He was, like, hauling through the game. The other three people playing were, like, barely get a few blocks <laughs> done. And Scott's like, I'm like, dude, you got to, like, give them a chance to play. Yeah. I've played a couple of times. It's cool. But he added a bunch of new modes to the game, including a um, He added camp- a bunch of single player. Single player, like a campaign mode and a sort of a um, relaxing um, endless mode where you can just kind of play and play and play and then a mode which I thought was really cool I think he called it heartbeat heartbeat yeah where every four seconds it would add a new row of blocks to the screen and push your push your stack down and then the longer you were able to stay alive the quicker it would start getting heartbeat got faster and the more colors would get added in because it's all color matching and something that's really cool is that in you know traditionally I really like that you're whispering by the way (laughs) awesome that's so cool it's really cool so what the thing I thought was really cool was that in moving the game from um, console and PC to mobile, he added a touch component to the game, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. So, um, you know, usually you'd have to toggle between, you know, use the cursor to choose a block you want to shoot at. But in on the tablet, obviously, you can just tap the row mm-hmm. that you want to shoot at. And I think that makes for it played really well, more of a frantic. Yeah, he said, uh iOS, Android, Windows. He's literally aiming this thing because it's built on Unity. He's aiming at it literally Anything. every single platform. Yeah. So I think next year it's going to be on Xbox. Like he said about Xbox, a year plus. ColecoVision, yeah. whatever. You know, he's just uh, putting it out know. on literally everything. Yeah, Carrier Pigeon, whatever you can. Um, do. But it looked really cool, and the the campaign single player mode had like new takes on puzzles that looked really good. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. We so we played that in Indie Mega Booth. Um, I don't think this was an Indie Mega Booth, but I went to. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who went to uh, Vlambeer, okay. the makers of uh, Ridiculous Fishing and uh, m- among many other games this that are you all and I were very good. Yes. And um, they have a new game out called Nuclear Throne. And it is um, – so basically Vlambeer just makes ri- like insanely addictive games. Have you ever played Ridiculous Fishing? Yes. or they, Like everything they make is just – it's all witty and done relatively well. And it's fun, and it's just addictive, and there's like not a whole lot of crazy depth to it, you know. And this one is sort of a top-down Metal Gear style shooter from like the original Metal Gear style oh, shooter. Oh, cool! That sounds or, great. Or uh, what was the other, not Metal Gear it was called something really close to that, right? Uh, there was another version of that same style or whatever. You're a guy mm-hmm. with a gun, and you're running around shooting these like weird mutant enemies. Ah, oh, say, I, I know what you're talking about. And then about. you're okay. unlocking treasure chests to get, like, more ammo because you can run out of ammo. Oh, that's cool. Or or life or a different weapon, all that kind of stuff. And you're trying to level your guy up, and every time your guy levels up, uh, you mutate a new ability <laughs> onto yourself. You're, like, this weird purple dude. And uh, then you go down a portal to go to the next level, and you're trying to get to the nuclear throne. I did not get past, like, three levels. I couldn't. Wow. It gets very difficult very quickly. Okay. Um, but it was super fun, and uh, I played it. I think I was assuming PC. The Flambeer guys weren't there. It was just one of their uh, merch dudes who kind of like was like, "Here's yep. a here's a business card," and I was hey, like, "Okay." Yeah. Um, but it was uh, it was super super fun, super fast paced, and uh, and I could see it me playing it for too long because it's Flambeer. So that was cool. one thing I did. We went to Adult Swim Games. And we met up with our pal Anna Schumann, and we yep. played Raise the Dead. We did. Which uh, I... You played. Yeah, I, I watched. I Matt watched me play Raise the Dead. Have and you played, um, Kate? And he shoutcasted over it the whole time. Yeah, I just yelled, oh! Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what? Yeah. 
Is that what shoutcasters do? I think so. What did I say um, they did earlier? I came up with the whole thing that I thought they did. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> sorry, I don't. Go ahead. You, jokes. I don't watch that stuff. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, we played Raise the Dead. I've been like aware of it for a long time. Yeah. Never actually had a chance when to Anna play it. Told us about it. I thought um, it was cool. Anna is writing the dialogue for the game, so I was really excited to play it. So we see her puns. See her puns. Yeah, lots of funny puns in the game, and so Raise the Dead is sort of a. The the guy actually that I was um, that was guiding me through the the demo brought up wonderful one hundred and one. See the developer or designer. There was a couple of guys that were yeah. kind of all. Floating I think it around. was the developer and then the designer, the artist walked up on. Yeah, us. but basically you, you raise this army of zombies and then you use them to solve environmental puzzles in the uh, in the area. And there is a really interesting narrative about how Ray became a zombie. Yeah. And that's told through flashbacks to various points in the game. So that's really fascinating. Yeah. And then there is sort of a fun combat mechanic that goes along with that also in the style of, um, he mentioned Wonderful 101. Yeah. Which uh, was a really great game on the Wii U that I, I super enjoyed from Platinum Games. So. It was a lot of like you raise your army of zombies and then you're you have to like use the different game mechanics to move them through the board. Yeah. So sometimes you need to protect your zombie crew and other times you use them to solve puzzles in attack and attack. Yeah. And then you as you go and you kill other people, they become part of your zombie army and you're just like walking them through. But it's very like it's what I liked about it because I'm sort of not anti zombie, but just tired of zombies in general is that it's not. It is not the Walking Dead style, like gruesome. Like uh, it's very like comedy zombies. Comedy, like, it's fun. yeah, it's, it's a comedy instilled, game. and it's it's a uh, uh, cartoonish in nature as far as like the look and feel of it, um, but really stylized and pretty cool. So you seem to be having a blast playing. Yeah, it was great. I really just wanted to play more of it. So whenever it is done, I am I'm on top of that. Yeah, he said they were they're a very small team, so it's it's taking they keep mm-hmm. setting dates and then yeah, having know, to push them a little goes. bit. We've, so. we've talked to enough people. Sometimes games will just be done when they're done. Yeah, you know, and that's totally fine. What else, Kate? You got anything? Sure. Um, let's see. I played a great game in the Mega Booth called Mini Metro. I don't know if you guys ran ran I by think that I one. I saw that one. Where was it in the like in the middle aisle? Yeah, it's in the middle aisle. Yeah. Um, it was a rough aisle to it, get down. It was a tough. It was very crowded. <laughs> yeah, extra crowded today. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah. But um. It was an iOS game. It's sort of a resource management, build a metro system type of Ooh. game. So it's very like meditative I'm in. in the way that those flight control games yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. Where you have um, a set number of lines or carriages. I think it's a British game. Um, ah. <laughs> river crossing, stuff like that, that you have available to you. And then you are creating lines to move people to the stations they want to go to. That's cool. Yeah, so that is totally is my that type out of now, or game. is it still being built? Uh, they said end of September probably. Oh, cool! So very to soon. Look for that. Um, so that was that's definitely mini my metro. Game. Mini metro. Yeah. Um, I dig it. I like iOS as we have talked about many times. Yeah. I dig iOS games because it's like half the time it's what I have, or when I'm traveling, I've got my iPad, and that's about all Absolutely. all I get to do. Um, let's see. There was another two-player co-op couch co-op, uh, Omna and Safe. It's a um, man. You hit some good ones. I didn't see <laughs> any of these. Yeah, that one was. Um, it didn't have a booth. It was one of those stands. Okay. Where it was like four games. Oh, the mini side. booth. Mini yeah, the mini, mini booth. booth. Yeah. Um, and so that's another couch co-op game. Two player. Um, the two players work together to solve puzzles and clear a level. Mm-hmm. So another one where I played with a stranger. Um, yeah. And like the vanilla. Where's your husband? He, he was just took off. <laughs> I think he was trying to um, play Mad Max. Ah, yeah. yeah. I didn't get to play that. It looked cool, though. Yeah. yeah so um, 
the vanilla levels are pretty easy. It's something great to play with a kid or a person you know who's not super into games, yeah. not super familiar with the mechanics. And then you can unlock more challenging levels that are like actually super brutal, and you need to communicate very right. well and closely to clear the level. That's cool. So um, a lot of fun, really interesting to play with a stranger. Yeah. You know, because you don't want to be kind of overbearing, like, go over here, do this thing. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a negotiation for going to lead the party that's cool yeah so um that was a blast let's see friday night i went to a party oh you went yeah this is one of the old men nights we had ah yes where we we stayed in our room like old people <laughs> we we ate uh crackers and drank hot tea and we <laughs> podcasted yes that's the way to do it i was very tired after that yeah like, a I, I imagine um, um Let's see what else you donated your photos to that party though I right? did I did it was the uh, BTA slash can't talk pod did their, uh, party to benefit take this yeah did their uh, charity stuff go well yeah it went super well it was at a place called the Raygun Lounge which is like a uh, tabletop gaming lounge bar cool. type of thing it was totally packed very sweaty <laughs> <laughs> awesome. in the way that PAX parties yeah. tend to be yeah, right yeah. that is right in line with PAX <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's see. What else? What do you guys been up to on Saturday? Uh, catch me up. Saturday? We got to catch you up on Saturday? No, catch me up oh on the day. I'm man. sorry. Sunday. 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 Um, we, what did we do next? We played Katana Zero, uh, which Sean Baptiste, who's working for Adult Swims now. So what? Swims? Well, Adult I Swim games it. now. I played it. I don't know. I don't know what you were doing with it. I played it. <laughs> Jerk off. Uh, <laughs> um, so. Please. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, yeah, so the uh, Sean, uh, who's working for Adult Swim now, came up to us and we were like, you know, tell us what to play at the booth. And, and he walked us over. He's like, you got to try Katana Zero. And it is a um, sort of hack and slash, super fast paced, uh, brutally hard um, sort of puzzle platformer. Yeah, it is because it's a, it looks like a platformer. Yeah. But you have like ninja style abilities but it's one hit kills and the enemies are very quick to react to what you're doing. Yeah, like the moment you pop up on a floor and do anything, they basically turn and start firing at you. They all have guns and well, I played the yeah. Let's let's be very clear here. Yeah. I accidentally played the last level of the demo and died many, many, many yeah. times. And, and then I Scott was like, oh, you were on the last level. So he starts the <laughs> whole game over and then plays it through the whole demo. And he's like, I'm good at this. <laughs> <laughs> this is, yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good at this. Yeah. So the thing that made it interesting is that every time you got killed, you would just basically rewind the level and it would go through this little rewind mechanic yeah. where you would um, start over. And it over. would tell you that that won't work. Yeah, and I think there's some meta narrative that we didn't really get a chance to experience in the demo. No. Because, um, it was kind of a 80s uh, samurai movie. Yeah. Like 80s cyberpunk samurai movie throwback. It was it was kind of cool. Absolutely. And when you also, the, the thing in the puzzle solving mechanic is that you had the ability to enter into like a slow motion stealth. So you mm-hmm. can kind of think through your moves. Not for very long though. Yeah, you, you, you don't get a lot of time because you have an energy bar that you deplete as you yeah. do some of your dashing and uh, time manipulation. And you but also had each level also had a timer, so you couldn't yeah, just sort you of couldn't sit in one place waiting for like guys to match up in the right spot. So I could imagine that as you progress um, further into that game, there probably will be levels in which the time and your energy are all working against you, and you really just need to kind of 
go as fast as you can to get through the level at like a breakneck speed. Yeah. Because yeah. the, the demo that we played like allowed you enough time to basically, you know, the time was essentially unlimited, but I could see it becoming very complex right. later on. So that was fun. Um, and then the last game we checked out, actually for the day, basically, uh, was a game called Rain World. Yeah. Did oh, you play cool. this? Yeah. First of all, let me let me say that over at Adult Swim Games, like, did you? Oh, cool. Oh, it's a beautiful game. Yeah. It's really I would great. say that all of the games at Adult Swim Games looked super awesome and really fascinating. We and just, very unique. Yes. Like they're, they're, every single one of them has their own st- like style and feel, which I think is really awesome about what Adult Swim's yeah. doing. I think they pub a game at least <laughs> once a month. You know, so Sean like, said every three weeks they publish crazy. a new game. Yeah, so they, I mean, the assortment there was really impressive. Unfortunately, we didn't have, you know, we probably could have stayed there for three hours, but we couldn't Yeah, I mean, you could spend a day everything. at their booth. So it's not, you know, the things we are talking about are not to say that the other things weren't interesting. We just only had no. so much time. I wanted to play the the, the duck game. Yeah, the duck game looked really interesting <laughs> looks as well. ridiculous. Yeah. Had a crowd around it the whole time. Yeah, though. so let's talk about Rain World. So Rain World is sort of an exploration game in a way where you are... Uh, navigating through these different terrains as like, this sort of like cat like sloth. Little, he kept cat, calling it yeah. cat sloth. Yeah. You're like this little white, you know, pixel art kind of cat sloth looking thing. And basically the narrative, the sort of sub narrative is that you've been separated from your family of other cat sloths and you're trying to sort of rebuild your path to get back to them and, uh, you know, feed them and all that kind of stuff. And you, the the real mechanic of the game is that there's an ecosystem of animals. So there's you, there's bats, there's lizards, which were the things, the main things that we saw. But he said there were there was infinitely more than that, and each one of them kind of reacts and deals in their own way with the other animals in the ecosystem. And that that is the the maps are planned and designed, whereas the animals are procedurally kind of placed throughout the the level and act on their own and the bigger deal that i thought was crazy i don't even know if you heard or, or yeah, noticed heard this kind of explaining it to you is that these animals um are not confined to any part of the map so like the lizards that you see on one place could follow you through the entire map or move on their own and go after other things it's weird because while you're not, walking they're around they're not necessarily trying to kill you they're not it's just like a, it's just an ecosystem so, so if you like jump in front of them or land in front of them then they might start coming after they'll you they'll come at you bro until you hide or you get away somehow but like, and the bats will, you can go kind of stealth, they call it. It's basically just you like crouching down and, and crawling slowly. And the bats that you're hunting to eat will like fly away if you stand up all of a sudden to like get them. They'll, they'll literally like sense you and move. And it's super cute. The little cat. The cat is really endearing. Cute. It's it, for what is basically like a blob of pixel art. Yeah, it is really should add endearing. should that the art style for the game for me is somewhere in like in the vein of Risk of Rain sure. or Another World sort of Cause, yeah because yeah. the animations are kind of have that interesting fluidity where um there aren't a lot of pixels to express what the various entities in the environment look like yeah but in manipulating all of the blocks of each character they, they become very expressive in life they really do yeah and the yeah. environments were were really gorgeous. just gorgeous and like super yeah. deep looking and and the mechanics of how you got around were really fluid and it, it really was a well thought out kind of fun game i have a, I have a pretty strong we didn't get to interview them unfortunately um we were just out at, we were there for too long yeah. but uh i have a feeling that we might have these guys on the show at some point yeah I, I think so they, they're really great at like we i had 
what was probably a 15 minute conversation with it seems like we had the a lead lot designer. in common with them outside of the game yeah they were musicians we, like we walked up and talked about music for like we a spent solid the first 10 minutes talking 10 minutes. not talking about their game and we were like oh maybe we should actually talk yeah. to you about your game yeah um, so but but fun. it was a really really we scott and i both played it it, it was so like kind of relaxing and f- it was stressful when it got stressful but it was otherwise just sort of relaxing and fun they think that they have already 600 screens yeah 600 to, different like levels blocks. to go through yeah so that is enormous and exciting, and I can't wait to play and for more the demo. Of it. They had kind of stripped the narrative out, and then they had split it up into different terrain sets, so you could kind of go in and out of different terrain sets and try Something out like ten different. You did an easy. You did a pretty easy one, and yeah. I did uh, a relatively difficult one. Yeah. So I think that was that was pretty much it for for the games. Yeah, we we tried to go to tabletop, but it's weirdly spread out this yeah, time. Yeah, it's like in too many different places, so we could never really like yeah. like in Boston you can kind of go into the area and look at all the games and maybe sit down and demo one, but because of the way that everything is so spread out here, it's really kind of hard to figure out where, where where different things where are where to go and what to do. So I did go to Ad, I didn't say hi to Stephen Bailey, but I went to Ad Magic. They were up on the 6th oh, floor. Good. Awesome. Walked around, looked at their stuff for a little bit and uh Checked out one new book series. I don't remember what it is off the top of my head, but I didn't get to demo anything this time, like tabletop wise, which kind of stinks. Cool. But, um, and then, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think. Uh, do you have more games to talk about, or do you? Where do you? Where are you at? More thoughts. Um, more. More. Thoughts. This is our PAX wrap up because we have to. Scott and I have to want want fly oh, out of here tonight. To fly, yeah. <clears throat> Scott's got to go back to his his fam, and I got to go back to work. Boo. Boo for family I mean, and work. I mean, <laughs> that's awesome for you. <clears throat> um, did you guys go to the Dragon Age panel on Saturday? We supported our friend and went to the Origin Stories panel. Oh, good for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> our friends, plural. Of course, uh, yeah. yeah I, I did not because they were uh, like right after each other. Um, the panel was really great it was in the benaroya hall which is like the orchestra scott's gonna have more to hall. say about this i'm gonna hand him the microphone yeah do it okay well yeah scott likes dragon age okay so what what did you hear what, what happened um well they were detailing the final changes to dragon age inquisition um a couple of basic content changes you can change your pajamas your skyhold pajamas and, and okay. wear like normal clothes now okay. um they added sort of a new game plus kind of mode where any of the like high level schematics um items item classes like um like tier four crafting materials and stuff that you unlocked in your game if you go and touch a golden nug it sort of uploads your account and then anytime you start a new game you can uh access those materials and schematics oh so pretty much all of the stuff you've acquired you can roll over into a new game so that you can kind of hit the ground running. Right. So yeah. you don't have to go find like all 30 mounts again if you want to or like the Canary stained glass or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. That oh, was that's fun. cool. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then the big reveal of the night was the final Dragon Age Inquisition DLC, which is going to wrap so up the story. Is it single player DLC? It is. It's single. Wow. It's for the main story. Because they just put <clears> one out like yeah. literally weeks ago. They sure did. Well, yeah. I think the reason they were able to do that was because um, the descent, which says the last DLC, was done by Bioware Austin. Oh. And so this has been the Trespasser DLC. The new one has been um, sort of a labor of love of the Edmonton team. Oh, I have so much to catch up on now. That's months. crazy. I know. I can't believe about it. Dragon Age, Scott. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I completed the story in the first DLC. I've not played the descent yet because of family matters. Of course. Um, 
So, the beca- yeah. Denying you then. Because of Family Matters, yeah. the show, Matt says. Cool. So, yeah. So, what what's that all about? Um. Well, okay. So, Jaws of Hackon was the first DLC. That was basically an exploration DLC with a little bit of lore and story. The Descent is a dungeon crawl. It's very challenging with a little bit of lore and story. Mm-hmm. And then Trespasser is supposed to be uh, very character and narrative focused to sort of wrap up not all of the loose threads, but most of the ones like in Like an Inquisition. epilogue, if you will? Kind of. So it's set two years after Inquisition the game ends. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, it's a little bit in the future, and now you are this giant sprawling organization with spies and a standing army, and you're dealing with the political fallout of that with Ferelden and Orlais. You know, they cool. don't like having a basically third country in between them Yeah. with a huge army. Okay. Wow, that's and cool. And then um, the Canari invade. Wow. And the Alluvions get involved. Okay. And um, it looks like it's going to be sort of the Dragon Age equivalent of Citadel DLC. Yeah. And I mean, it honestly sounds like it's setting up something else for the future. Sure does. Yeah, it sure does. <laughs> so that's interesting. Yep. Cool. Okay. What else? Any other? Did you do anything else? Any games? Yeah. Anything else you got? You done? We w- we wiped it out. Anything you want to share <laughs> with with our listeners? Anything that you? I mean, we can all do a little wrap up, right? A little, you a saw? little final feels, surprise hits. Yeah, sure. What was your what was your favorite thing? Was it the game that I'm going to say? Well, I mean, the surprise thing was Sky Sky Shines S- Bedlam. Sky Shines Bedlam, which has a this is what we talked about yesterday. A complicated name. We talked about it yesterday. It's ba- built the combat's built on Banner Saga two, but it is a Mad Max style FTL game. Yeah, it's with, it's awesome with Banner Saga style combat. I literally was playing it, so we had an hour. We had an hour to demo four games at versus, at versus Evil. Evil. We spent a half an hour. Playing. I spent thirty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> which who did better in that game, Scott? Oh, uh, I believe you did. Oh, okay, but I really laid the groundwork <laughs> by like you know culling our herd so that I could get you started <laughs> with some better characters. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, was that was that it for you too, or no? Um, I always enjoy playing the music games. I had a lot yeah. of fun playing. Guitar Hero was was pretty damn fun yeah i had fun playing rock band you know it's you know they're they're completely different games now like what i say oh i said rock band was like uh, a warm hug from an old friend yeah and guitar hero was like like an exciting new feel like it just feels different as a game yeah for me you know rock band feels like a party game um i would play both you know solo but for me guitar hero live would be a game that you would just sit down and sort of like put the music channel on and just Mm kind of go crazy and stuff like that so um, I thought that was really exciting. They were really nice too. It's always weird. They're weird private rooms that you're going into. It feels like you're going into a weird grotto that somebody's got set aside for you, and you just, you never know what it's going to be like when you get inside because these are these are big companies with big games that we're walking into, and we're not a gigantic right. media outlet. So we walk in never knowing like if they're going to be nice or if it's going to be weird. And these people were super nice and so welcoming. We were their first appointment of the day, and they were like, sit down, have some coffee, yeah. let's play some Guitar Hero. And the guy who walked through it was like an epic pro at playing Yeah, he was playing, uh, playing an guitar. expert and talking and to talking us and like to explaining us. the game He was playing to like us. a metal song. He was like, and he's like doing all these different things. And he's like, so as you can see in the game, and I'm like, how in God's name are you talking and yeah. playing this right now? Very impressive. So you were saying, sorry, I cut you no, off. No, that's, that's good. How about? Did you uh, have a surprise? Anything blow you out of the water? I wouldn't say blew me out of the water, but it was really gratifying to see. Um, so at last main packs, I saw a little game called This War main of Mine. Packs. Pax They're both Prime. equal packs. Sure they are, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> um, I saw a little game called This War of Mine yeah. on the sixth floor, kind of like the indie. Oh, it's huge now, and isn't it's, it? 
huge. Yeah. It was so cool to go down to the main floor and see this like little game blow up and have a big booth yeah. on the main show floor I, yeah. it, with a huge line of people waiting to play it. I thought that was really cool and it made me very happy for them. That's awesome. Yeah. I met the developer and talked to him last year. He was a really cool guy. That's really cool. Yeah, it's that's neat to see. We've seen it with like secret ponchos like kind of like that for us where we we played them Ash played it by chance when it was like in this back little area and, and now they always get this big, you know, display zone where people are fighting each other over and over again, which yeah. I think is really awesome. My feeling for PAX is, is you can go and wait in line for the really big games yeah. that you know, like the AAA games that you know are going to come out and then you know they're probably going to be pretty great. Or you can try and spend your time playing as many little games as you can. Yeah. And I feel like you will maybe have a better time because you have those little surprises. Sure. Discovery. It's I all, agree. It's all about discovery. Yeah. yeah. Um, if I'm going to pick something that I liked, like sort of like maybe my overall like favorite thing that I got to play... Um, it would probably be something big, and it's the division. The division, um, because it is so good. Yeah, and to be fair, we didn't wait in line for it. Yeah, so we used, it was <laughs> that's what we did. We used our press hour to, yeah. to play that game, and um, just just the way that you know we got to play in the dark zone, which is like the PvP area, um, with some environmental um, combatants as well, and it's just so much fun and frantic to to kind of get into that. I can only imagine how cool the main like sort of campaign mode is going to be yeah. and i just really like first of all i like that style of combat that third person cover based um combat mechanic um i like that you know i like the quote feel of the weapons if you will yeah um i like the whole idea behind like going around in a sort of like realistic environment so in comparison to destiny which is like terrain and some buildings which not, it's doesn't nothing looks familiar to you kind of cool to like run around in a city like that's right. been obliterated and you're kind of just trying to it's new york isn't it i thought it was it was a subway sign chicago is it chicago but okay. i like the whole concept of like i thought i saw a subway sign going around in real environments to realistic environments to kind of like loot for things i think that's kind of fun i think i was so sky shines bedlam was probably my favorite game that i played i was really surprised by necropolis how much fun oh, i had playing yeah. that game yeah uh, it's come a ways since I last saw it, and uh, I really, really schemes. enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, really enjoyed mm -hmm. it. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, on a on a on a personal note, I think Sword Coast Legends looks really fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ash is really here, so we don't have Ash. to. We're, we, I mean, we've said this many times. We. What if his game had sucked? Could I you know. imagine yeah. if his game had sucked? That's and the then thing we had to be like. Yeah, That's the thing buddy. is that we have no horse in this race, but you know, to be completely honest, the game looks phenomenal. We played it and it was super fun to play. Yeah. Um, the DM tools are going to be amazing. Every time I went by their, their area on the floor, super packed, gigantic line all around it. the time. So I think, I, th I think it's going to be good. I think people have been waiting. We've talked about it. People have been waiting for D and D to do a good online, like, campaign type dungeon master thing where like you can play with your friends like you play around the table and, and it's just no one has done it yet and there know? are going to be so many different ways for different types of people different yeah. types of players to enjoy a game like this that i think it's going to be very popular and have a very broad reach for different reasons which i for think sure. which i think makes the game super special and really differentiated from you know other you know top down isometric RPG yeah. kind of things. So yeah. Oh, I mean, just just uh, yeah. You could you could play the campaign and just enjoy it as a campaign game. Mm -hmm. But I think 
that for sure the reason they're focusing on the dm tools so much is that that is where that game is going to live on for a very long time and shine because it, it just was done so well what are you doing right my, this very moment this is, got street passes always guys we started this yeah. podcast saying this was an intervention for scott's street pass habit and i am not kidding he just quietly over on his left on the other side of his body so i wouldn't see it opened up his game boy to see what the street pass situation we, was we all know how to multitask my friend oh my god yep so pax final thoughts any any other final thoughts before we wrap I, this up? i mean i'm always i have the same final thoughts every single pax i'm always like a weird mixed bag because I'm weird at cons and I, I walk away sometimes loving a bunch of stuff and then also feeling like g- gross about a bunch of stuff. Um, this time I'm, it's not as bad. I'm just glad that, you know, got to hang. I haven't seen Scott Nash in a long time. So mm-hmm. it's nice to just hang out and see you guys and uh, Kate for that matter. We don't see each other uh, ever. We see each other at PAX and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Why but don't we give Kate the last word? Let's do it. For, for PAX Prime 2015. Farts? Farts, yeah. <laughs> um, final thoughts. This is like the first PAX that I went to where I had a lot of friends at the con. I knew a ton of people. I got to meet a bunch of my like longtime Twitter friends, which I know sounds really dorky, but I spent... No, that's exactly why you come to things like this. I spend this, a yeah. ton of time on Twitter, and it's been really fun to meet these people in real life and find out that they're all cool. And uh, it's really, it feels a little bit like a family reunion. Exactly. I think that's, I think that's the perfect way to wrap this up. It is. I don't need to cool. put anything on that. Well, there you go. Um, Twitter at Nerd Appropriate, Facebook Nerd Appropriate. Um, Instagram's going to go dark for a little Instagram, while. Instagram, uh, only at cons mostly. So yeah. there you go. And we thank everybody for joining us on this PAX adventure. And um, we will probably give you a panel next after this. Panel next. And then hopefully we'll all get back together. Maybe you'll hear an actual episode with all of the members of. In a couple of weeks, we're being played off the stage right now. They're they're playing. I told the, you, man, I wanted to go sit at that piano and playing do this. the music. It's they're playing us off. So I guess it's time to go. It's time to go. All right. Thank you, everybody. Bye. We're gonna narrate her walking. I'm so She's excited. She's almost here. She's placing her bag and her camera on the ground. Oh my goodness. She's sitting down. Hi guys. Hey. hey. So we have to do. Uh, hold on. When did you stop recording? Wow. So we did not record a single line of that. Starting where? When we introduced Kate. It was like five minutes of Guitar Hero talk. We okay. just we just did not record. Cool. That so was amazing. We're recording now. That was oh. really amazing. I'm really cool. glad I looked down and saw a flashing record light and uh, thought, oh, this isn't recording right now. I should probably hit. See, I hit the record button yeah, you is did. usually how you record it. And then when I pause the recording, I hit the pause button. So then when I started recording again, I hit the record button again. Uh-huh. Yeah. But you have to hit the pause button again. Yeah. Otherwise, it yeah. just doesn't think you wanted to record. Cool. So that's recording technology. And so we play. So Guitar Hero has two yes. rows. That <laughs> literally, I hope you keep this in because literally everybody, we just recorded for 10 minutes. <laughs> I mean, did we get that? The first, the introduction? The introduction stuff. Okay. Yeah, we recorded. So uh, we played Guitar Hero. Right. There's two rows of buttons. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is painful now. Yeah. But they have 